You're listening to Moses. This podcast was created for people just like you who share a strong curiosity about the world and have questions about life that often go unasked. Verismus is a laboratory dedicated to exploring dangerous topics and entertaining some serious and strange ideas. Over the next few minutes, you are invited to listen in on a discussion between friends involving a provocative subject that you are unlikely to hear anywhere else. All we've got is a blue microphone, three chords, and the truth. The rest is up to you. Now, if you're ready, then let's go. All right, we're back for another episode of Marismus. Uh, we have a special guest villain today who goes by the mononym, I believe is that? I believe it is, yeah. Kind of like Prince or Madonna. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have the, uh, the mononym named Ethan. Oh, no. So. That's terrifying. You guys are terrifying. By the way, they kidnapped me. Um, I don't know where I am. They, just, they saw me uh, mumbling about uh, philosophy on the side of the road, and they thought, hey, that'd be a great addition to our podcast. So they just threw me in their trunk, and here I am. Well, that, of course, we can't let you know where the secret layer is. Uh, or it wouldn't be a secret. Exactly. <laughs> I'd be a little more dramatic about it, but apparently this happens all the time. Um, I should like make a lifestyle out of it or something. This happens to you all the time? Yeah. I mean, you'd be surprised. Hmm. Okay. I just have these deep thoughts. And it's uh, good to be back with everybody. This is episode eight, um, so that we can remember later. We'll just, we'll call this episode eight. And I believe we are going to discuss the immutability of human beings. Okay, so I'll, I'll give you guys an idea of where I'm coming from. So about a week and a half ago, I believe, um, does that sound right? Um, I was at Taco Bueno, because I wanted myself a burrito beef and bean burrito. It was very delicious. And I was sitting in the car thinking to myself about the nature of the debate between people as to whether or not fate exists and everything's predetermined, or we have some kind of free will. And people tend to get very uh, emotionally charged about this subject. You can't bring it up with people who believe one way or the other um, and them not get angry. It's, It's very funny. (laughs) <laughs> um, but there's got to be a middle ground here. I mean, not just a middle ground, but something that satisfies the issues that both sides of uh, this discussion brought up. And so I was thinking about the subject, and I realized if you take a math equation, like uh, 3x equals y, right? Okay. Um, it's, it's, just a, like, it's just a short equation. Um, you can map that out until infinity. And that doesn't mean that this equation exists as a line, um, it's just an expression of a pre-existing algorithm. But um, if you know it, you can predict it to infinity. So in theory, um, any structure, if you understand the way it's been constructed, um, you understand its variables, you should be able to predict it. That's, that's just a fundamental aspect of science, right? Yeah, I guess. No. Um, I see no problem in the logic so far. Yeah, so that, that's just the way the universe is constructed. We um, may not know every law that builds the universe, but um, we do know that if we were to know those laws, we can accurately predict the way the universe functions. So I thought, what about that is different from human beings? Um, we, even if, uh, you know, say we have a spiritual component, there's no reason I have to believe that we aren't constructed in a very, very complex, impossible predict way, but there's, there's no 
reason why I would have to believe that we aren't constructed in such a way that if you know, if you know all of our variables, um, and if, if you were to know someone from the time they were born, the environment in which they lived, all the way up to today, you couldn't predict the rest of their life. Noah, I'm uncomfortable with the look on your face. Well, it's, I mean, the, I don't want to tear down the theory right off the bat, but I, I mean, I agree with everything you said. The problem is, is that human beings are irrational beings. I mean, the example I always like to use is the coin flip. The coin has no history of what it's done. If you flip a coin 10 times in a row and it's come up 10 heads on the 11th flip, it is still, the odds are still 50-50. Okay. Now, I'm not saying that you as a particular individual would be able to predict someone's future. Um, I just imagine like you're some alien race that came down and is somehow capable of having the mental faculties to understand everything about you and everything about your environment, everything you interact with on a cellular uh, or even molecular level. Yes, they would be able to predict your irrationality because your irrationality isn't, there's, there's not like, I, I don't see any reason to believe that there's like some sort of like a, like a floaty will that just kind of randomly does things. Like you have a, a nature even if it's irrational. Like, uh, I, I can't really give any solid examples just because this is such a weird field. What I'm trying to say is, is it seems to me that the universe to some degree is a closed system and that if you have a fixed nature um, that is nearly infinitely complex, way more complex than we could ever predict, um, and everybody else does too, then we live in a unimaginably complex universe that is still fundamentally a closed system highly deterministic highly deterministic yes so if you know if you have an idea of basically every vector in the known universe you could predict how the universe will go until the end of time okay so you're just so. saying basically because of this simple formula that a lot of algebraic students are taught this 3x equals y or was it 3x plus y? It doesn't matter. Well, if there's an x and a y in there. It mattered to my algebra teacher. Right. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. So, Look, I just made that up just this morning. Okay, but these so, little formulas yeah. can predictably be plotted that more complex formulas could also be predictably plotted if all the variables were understood. Their relationships were fully known. Yeah. Well, I think that this is happening in a lot of the cases with discoveries of new stars and new planets. I mean, it... it if my memory serves, I mean, that's kind of the way Clyde Tombaugh found Pluto, is he was looking at the, the different slides of what was taken from a telescope and saw the way that light bent around something else and predicted that there should be a planet right here. Right. And then it wasn't until, and other people had predicted that as well. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the same thing with Planet X. I mean, they, they, there's a yeah. lot of... What Planet X? Well, that's, there's conjecture that the way that the things behave, either right past Pluto or before you get to the um, uh, whatever Kuiper belt? The, the Kuiper yeah, belt? whatever you get before you get to the Kuiper belt, that there is some other planet that is out there that's probably somewhere between the size of Jupiter and Saturn that's in a, that's and that isn't fringe. I think science. they already found it. Like, no, I think I, I, they, I I've already seen pictures of it. They already it's it's like disc shaped. It spins so fast that it literally is shaped like an oblong. That's this new, is real. That's news to me. That's real. I mean, yeah. but, no, I mean there, if you. It's very recent. After we finish, is this, that why we have a Kuiper belt? Because there used to be a planet somewhere between oh, no, Mars and the next one, the next super. No, yeah, super Kuiper belt's farther out, but yeah. the, but that, that's the theory of yes, there, that the, the asteroid the, what, field between Mars and Jupiter is the former planet. 
that got disked. Something. Yeah. It crossed the uh, Godfather. And, <laughs> and Planet X took it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, getting, back to the original, talking about. getting back to the original <laughs> subject. Um, what I'm trying to say is that I want to define once and for all, if we can. I don't think we can, but I'm, I'm going to try. What is... Nobody can give me a straight answer on this, by the way. What is free will? Like, uh, define it. This is what we're talking about today, Noah. We're, <laughs> we're going to talk about what is free will and can it be defined as it relates to the unchanging nature of human beings, since we're all just very complex formulas that a, only a godlike creature, or, I'm sorry, only a godlike entity, not a creature, would have the wisdom and discernment to understand fully. All before, the variables. I'd like to, before we that, did I set oh, that that's up exactly right? correct. Okay. Uh, but that reminded me before we go into the thing about free will, I don't necessarily think that a godlike entity would have to have a non-deterministic nature either. It makes sense to me that a deterministic, to some degree, God would create a deterministic universe. Okay. So, so we're saying that then God himself, itself, herself, God, God, whatever God, it. God is immutable. Yeah. God is unchanging. And therefore the universe God created is unchanging. That would make sense to me. It makes sense that perhaps a changing God could make an unchanging universe, but it does not make sense to me that an unchanging God could create a changing universe. Okay. Say that one more time. Okay. But that's just my own logic. That's not necessarily the subject of today's No, I don't. I don't that's good. I'm, I'm not questioning that. I, okay. I want to make sure that I, I grasp everything that you just okay. said. Okay. I'm just trying to say, I am, it somewhat, from my limited logic, makes sense to me that an unchanging God might be able to make a changing universe since it'd be the equivalent of a three-dimensional object creating a two-dimensional slice. Being unchanged. Actually, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk back on that a little bit. Because I'm thinking of this from an immutable perspective. I'm thinking of this still being from the perspective of a immutable but more complex system. No, the God I would be describing would also be immutable. So I can't think of the universe being made by anything but an immutable God. Okay. I'm sorry. But anyway, moving back, before we continue, I think it'd be very important to define free will once and for all so that in the rest of the conversation, when we use that term, we have a singular definition. I agree. So why don't we go ahead, if you're good with it, Noah, why don't we all discuss what free will should be, the definition of it going forward, and then we'll take a quick break. Because I have a feeling that there are some people out there that are having to go find a tissue to wipe their eyes. Oh, Do no. you think that they haven't gouged their eyes or ears out already? <laughs> just saying. This is a podcast. Why, the guy, why would they gouge their eyes out? I don't, I don't know. You just don't like the thumbnail or something? Uh, Ooh, let's define thumbnail. free will. <laughs> No, you go first. <laughs> Thanks. Are we speaking? Are we speaking about it in a Calvinistic sense? Uh, no. <laughs> Who is John Calvin? <laughs> he didn't define free will either. That's the problem. Oh. So just here's the deal. Okay. I have an idea from a from a because people like to bring like religious different uh, religious constructs into it and whatnot. Uh, from a metaphysical but not explicitly religious perspective, what is free will? Okay, I got you. All right, basically, do you have the, the wherewithal to do whatever you choose to do every morning that you wake up? 
So you're telling me that free will is the ability to choose what you choose. I'm, I'm asking. I mean, okay. that, that's what I'm... I'm not trying to come up with a definition just yet. I'm rolling through what you have stated, what Lemma has stated to mm -hmm. get to this point. Okay. I mean, I don't want to... It, this is one of the problems is this is a very nebulous concept. And yeah. so we as finite thinkers are going to be stuck with one or two finite ideas where we could be off on the same page. That's why I'm asking you, what are, what are you defining? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, because like in, in, in life itself, I mean, you know, obviously when I wake up in the morning, if I have to go to work, uh, got to go to work. I mean, why? Because I have to pay bills. I have to make money. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I mean, is that really the choice that I want to make? Or if I choose not to go to work, what happens? What are the ramifications of that or anything like that? I don't think anybody thinks about that on a grand scale so i guess that's what i'm getting at is this just are we talking that narrow of a of a definition or are we I, i'm pretty sure that you want to expand this to something else but i can't get i don't know i can't get past choosing what i want to do okay let me let me let me yeah. take a shot at i've got two words that pop into my head when i think about free will i think uh -huh. of autonomy okay all right and an agency i have the ability to make a decision that is independent from those that are outside of me okay and i do this myself that this is my direct action and that that action has some kind of effect that's what that's how i would i would require those two things to be part of a free will definition autonomy and agency okay i can buy that are either of those things mutually exclusive from being deterministic no not necessarily because in our very first episode, Noah and I talked about the existence or non-existence of random. And what, I mean, if you were to write a character in a book, as far as the, the reader is concerned, that character is playing out their life, making decisions on their own. You're not thinking about the, the plot line and the purposes of the author. Mm -hmm. Well, even like this, uh, you have a wind-up alarm clock. You wind it up, you set the time to 6 a.m., and you put it down on your bedstand. Um, when the alarm does go off at 6 a.m., did you make the alarm go off? I set the alarm up. It had to do what it did. Just by nature of it being what it is, mm -hmm. it, it went and uh, rung at 6 a.m. It doesn't have a choice. So doesn't... by nature of God creating a Noah, Noah just does what he does. Here's the deal, though. What is it? I guess it means, because this, this is the thing that people always get down to. Like, I bring up the whole, like, so free will is you choose what you choose, because uh, that seems to be what it always devolves into. But the nature of wanting things is also an incredibly important variable to this discussion. People say, I want to be able to do what I want to do. And so I ask, what is wanting? Did, did you choose what you want? In fact, does your reaction to me saying that or asking that question, did you choose to react the way that you did? Is, is you know. No, I don't think so. And I would say that most people's wants are probably even something to their own detriment. The significant majority. Yeah. If not every single person. I mean, even, even if it's, you know, yeah. you, you're going to choose generally the wrong thing. <laughs> I mean, and I don't know if it's part of our selfish nature as people. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are some people that are generally, well, as we've discussed before, maybe altruistic. Maybe. 
we'll, we'll leave that as a possibility. Sure. But I mean, in, in general, I think most people's personal agency is toward their own well-being. I mean, like, even if you smoke cigarettes and um, you do it because you want uh, the high from smoking the cigarette, you want to feel relaxed. Eventually, when you, if you overcome that cigarette addiction, you're still doing it because you want to. So the thing that got you into that addiction is what's getting you out of it, right? It's just the variables have been changed over this axis that is time. Yeah. So if, to some degree, um, this is something I thought about, and it's kind of a weird concept, but we're three-dimensional beings, right? You know, we can move on. Some of us are more three-dimensional than others. (laughs) I feel that. What are you trying to say? (laughs) I'm not looking at anybody but myself. Um, And people say the fourth dimension is time. And I'm not trying to get into some sort of weird metaphysical theory. I'm just using this as as an analogy. Um, But could you think of yourself as a static four-dimensional object, so to speak, in which every moment of your life, all the decisions you will make in the future, if you can if you could have predicted them from your birth, given your circumstance, you almost exist as a still object on a four-dimensional plane in which every decision you've ever made is on a different axis. Okay. It is that is a, a little bendy. That's a, a little, little brain It's a little bendy. weird. But, but that is effectively where historical figures sit. Like if right. you see a if you see a graph, I think it's uh, I don't remember what kind of I think it's an exponential graph, um, where I think it's if you if you square both the x and y, you'll see a shape that kind of looks like an is it, I think it's an n. I, I'm not don't quote me on that. I don't have a calculator in front of me. I can't quote but you. Anyway, I don't know what you're talking the about. The same. Um, just have you ever seen that where you've plotted an equation on it on a graphing calculator or something, and there's a and the plotted line goes both up and down. Like it'll, yeah. it'll loop up and down. Yeah. So the same equation that caused the line to go up at a different point on the axis caused it to go down. Yeah, I've so seen the that. The same will, the same driving factors that caused someone to want to pick up a smoking addiction is what caused them to quit. Yeah. Well, yes, something changed. But there, was, there were variables that were different. Mm-hmm. A variable, what you're basically referring to as free will, mm-hmm. changed. They still pursued what they wanted, but what they wanted was different. Exactly. Okay. That's what I'm saying. So you're still, you're still yourself. Um, that, that the equation isn't less uh, meaningful because it's an equation. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, if anything, it's just expressing itself when you graph it. So then is the definition of free will that we pursue what we want? My, my conjecture is that free will is, I'm not going to say that it's not real, but it's almost like the concept of a conscience, where we just sort of made it up to explain some phenomenon that might not necessarily be related, um, and then everyone kind of slightly defines it differently because of this. And I could be wrong, but I believe this is the reason why you don't see the concept of free will in any sort of piece of ancient literature. Um, same thing as, okay, this is going to go way off on a tangent. The color blue doesn't exist in any piece of ancient literature because blue is a shade of green. But in modern languages, we consider it to be its own color because it makes it easier to talk about some things. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to take a moment to, <laughs> I think we're going to break. Okay. okay. We're going to break. <laughs> we'll be back in just a moment. Oh gosh. What have I done?
We're back. Okay. All right. Feeling better now. <laughs> Yay. So before, before we move on, I'm looking for, if we can, a single sentence definition for the modern concept of free will. How is free will understood differently in our time than it was in the past? Was it understood at all? Did it exist? Well, I mean, people said, I will go and do this. Is that free will? But it sure sounds like it. So free will is the ability to, let's just say, ah, oh, man, that's a great question. See, autonomy, agency. Autonomy I, can, I, can, I can think and do independently of others, and it affects change. Something you are not explicitly forced upon to do by another human being. I would say the, the phrase that's commonly used is control your own destiny. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's what I've got over here. I don't know. <laughs> Tell your own destiny. All right. And what, on what scale are we looking at? Um, because if we were looking at um, a God figure with infinite power, infinite wisdom, that operates on a plane and with an understanding that is utterly foreign to us, uh, I'm thinking like an Eldrick kind of sense, like Cthulhu or something, but even bigger than that. If we were to have a God-like entity like that, um, would that impede on free will or uh, is free is free will absolute like i in the middle of the universe exist for myself and to myself whatever that may mean or does it simply mean other human beings are not influencing me well the, you know the, the question that comes to mind now to me is where does one's autonomy start and where does it stop yeah I mean, because if something that I want to do with my own free will impacts your health and well-being, then, I mean, that may be great for me, but now that's not so good for you. How about this, like, inception concept? Like, what if someone were to say, hey, I think you would really like this donut that they sell at the shop. It's like a specialty donut. It's got all this kind of stuff on it. And you make your own decision to go and eat that donut, and you like it, and you keep going. Is that your decision, or did that person give you that? Did they incept you? Is that, was that, did you believe that to be your own opinion, but that was actually somebody else's? Well, no, I think everything has, I mean, it, it's, it, to borrow from the film, I mean, if I say don't think about elephants, what's the first thing you think about? Elephants. So, I mean, it, it's, you're asking myself. to discuss. I don't think of elephants. You're asking to discuss where original thought comes from. Yeah, um, and at the same time, uh, I guess the, somebody coming up to you and saying, hey, you need to go eat at this donut shop is a variable. It's not an equation thing. But if you were to have been created by somebody, and then that person never, like in a deistic sort of sense, never like interacts with you again. Okay. Like if you were to, if, if a clockmaker were to have made a clock, and the clock operates as it was designed, is that clock making decisions of its own accord? No, I think the whole point of the clockmaker concept was that it, it, it's something that operates as an extension of the clockmaker, that it does not have autonomy. It is doing what it was made to do, and it cannot do anything else. Yes, it only has a limited set of directions to do what it can do. Well, for now, me, which is, in, I mean, I don't want to go off on a tangent here, mm -hmm. but this is kind of where evolution to me falls apart is if I'm one entity, I can't decide all of a sudden I'm going to be another entity. Right. Yeah, that's Anne Rand's, well, never mind. I'm not talking about her. <laughs> yeah. And I have, I have to say, I have my own qualms uh, just as a software engineer. Um, with Is that what you are? I am a software engineer. We had no idea when we kidnapped you that yeah. you were a software engineer. That's my day job. Okay. 
when that job is being kidnapped and being featured in podcasts. Well, wait a minute. It, it, then you should only think in ones and zeros. Just well, I do. get out. <laughs> I just I translate them to, to asking characters so fast. Okay, so I have a story, and I don't know that it's going to enlighten anyone, but I really like it, oh, and no. it's a story about a little boy. He was about three years old, and he was in a venue where his parents needed him to behave himself, and so they asked him to sit down, and he would not. And they said, you're going to get in trouble if you don't sit down. And he did not. And so finally, Dad got up, grabbed his little body, put his bottom in the chair, and said, sit down. And he sat there for a minute. And then he turned to his dad and said, I'm standing up on the inside. Oh, man, I love that. <laughs> That's free will. I guess so. I guess so. That works. Um, but That's even good. then, um, it does make me wonder um, if... If you have a nature that was set out, that is fundamentally unchanging, if, if that were to be you, um, whatever would have made that, because you can't, you can't have made yourself. Right. You, can't, you didn't construct yourself. You didn't say, hey, I want to be conscious today, because that requires conscious thought yeah. to do. Um, so would that mean, uh, would you still have free will in that instance? Uh, I, I believe that everyone... At least, what's funny, the reason why I think everyone gets so emotional about this subject is because if you say to someone who is a proponent of free will, you say, you don't have free will, they say, how dare you take away my right to, <laughs> oh, yes, or I how dare you take away the pride I feel in myself for my own accomplishments and for my own decisions. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I like myself. I like the idea that I can do things and I can make things. And if you go to someone who's super duper into the whole... And by the way, I feel the same way about the concept of quote unquote predestination as I do about free will. I think it's also a construct that has okay. baggage. You go to someone who believes strongly in that and um, say, hey, there's no such thing as predestination, you know, you free will. They go, how dare you? I, I take great pride in, you know, the fact that I am just better than other people because, you know, I was clearly chosen and you were not. That, that you know. seems to be. Um... It's funny is they, they have the same reasons for getting upset. They okay. just take them in a different direction. At least the people get really angry about the subject. That's what seems to be the case whenever I talk to them about it. Okay. I'm not saying those are the only reasons to, to side one way or the other, but those tend to be the reasons why the people who are the most emotional about the subject get emotional. In both instances, they're selfish? Or, and not even that, necessarily they'll like, I was chosen, blah, blah, blah. If someone is humble about that, they'll still... There's, there's still, uh, I'm not going to say there's like a superiority complex. Um, the people who are really big proponents of the free will tend to attack the person rather than the philosophy. Um, they get on and say, well, you know, you're super duper uh, into uh, knowing, you know, the Bible better than everybody else and being all, oh, you know, like, I've studied the Bible more than you. And I, I sound like a millennial man. I'm trying to stop. I'm sorry. <laughs> Embrace it. Okay. So I'm going to go get some Starbucks after this. You guys want to come? No. Um, <laughs> well, I, I think on the general nature, though, is that when you compete with someone, you want to be the better person. Well, yeah. I mean, it, but it, it's funny how, you know, even the smallest things are potential dividing issues for people. I mean, you know, if you can solve a math equation faster than I am, does that mean you're better at math than I am? Yes. And if and, and, and if math. one person was better, who cares? Right. Why does that matter? Well, I mean, it deeply matters to a lot of people for some reason. I know that it deeply matters. I know that. But what I'm saying like, is, if it seems like it does. 
if we are immutable, then your math skills, while you may get better at it through effort and all that stuff, there is a limit. You're never oh, going to be better at something than you can possibly be. And you'll never be something you are not. Right. So the whole concept, the whole initial, um, I, I should say, our, the initial statement of we are immutable, like a static four-dimensional entity that if you had the capacity to see everything you'll ever say and do from the beginning to the very end, and you had the ability to know all the variables that were involved, we're a knowable thing. We're, we're an immutable thing. There's a delightful irony in that as well, because um, the same reason, the same force that causes you to be dissatisfied with where you currently are, if you don't like something about your nature, that will is also immutable and comes from the same place as the rest of who you are. But it is not a free will. Not necessarily. Well, we uh, had issues defining what that actually was. Yeah, I know. We had to go to break because we started denying things like colors. <laughs> exactly. There we go. <laughs> color is a lie. Noah, you're turning a color that doesn't exist. Buy gold. <laughs> Maybe I need to breathe. Well, no, but I'm, I'm also thinking about what... How about if other things are given to you so that you change your behavior? So the reason why I used X and Y in the algorithm is because uh, when you plug in an equation, it's not going to plot as a two-dimensional or three-dimensional or whatever structure unless there are variables that can be set to different values. Sure. So there is a difference between being fed a different variable and having a different algorithm. Now, both of those can change the outcome of where your cursor is being plotted. Um, but one of them is situational and the other one is fundamental. So when somebody interacts with you, is that a fundamental difference or a situational? And I'm trying to argue that it's situational. That who you are fundamentally does not change. However, no, I would agree with that. But I mean, I'll give does. you an example. There yeah. was a, a, a writer slash poet named Raymond Carver. Okay. And he was a heavy alcoholic. And he... Uh, doctor told him if you do not quit drinking you will be dead in six months okay and he quit drinking and he lived a lot longer until he got a brain tumor mm. and it's like so i mean again looking at the plot of 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 him you know if he chooses not to quit drinking then it ends here but and i'm not saying that he chose a free will i mean he didn't choose to quit drinking but he was also influenced by someone to say, if you don't do X, you will die. Yeah. And if he had chosen a different result despite being told that, would he be a different person? I'm not sure. No. No, he'd be the same person. It's, 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 it's I mean, okay, the formula that was, what was his name, Robert Baker? R Raymond Carver. Raymond, Raymond Carver. Carver. Well, I butchered that. <laughs> the formula that was Raymond Carver was doing something with the alcohol. Okay. There were circumstances, there were, there were desires. The alcohol was doing something for Raymond. When the doctor, noting the, the trajectory that Mr. Carver was on, said, you, whatever you're doing, this coping mechanism, this, this, this thing you're doing to bypass some other issue or whatever, is causing your line to end in six months. Raymond then realized, I don't want that. Sure. Yeah. I, Raymond Carver, don't want that. 
And so he made a change to his behavior, but Raymond Carver didn't change. I'll spend five dollars on a hamburger, but I won't spend fifty. Really? So change the yeah. Do so you change the price? And my interest changes. So I'm assuming it was probably the same thing. That, well, that, I would that change it to this. Yeah. I mean, I, and this is the one that I use. Yeah. What is your threshold for pain? <laughs> yeah. There we go. I mean, you know, it, it's it's a. Uh, if I am. Ironically. And I just saw this. January 8th of 2021, Bitcoin was selling for $42,000. Okay. Okay. January 8th of 2022, Bitcoin is selling for $42,000. I would say that's a pretty stable currency, but throughout the year, (laughs) it shot up to almost 70,000. Yeah, it was crazy. It went down and and it did a lot of other things. But, you know, if you stayed in it, if you were using that, Mm -hmm. what was your threshold for pain? I mean, when you were, if you bought in at 70 and now it's down to 42, I mean, your pain is quite heavy. Mm. I'm a Dogecoin buyer. I bought it at 29 cents. How do you think I feel right now? <laughs> Probably not very good because I just saw yeah. that one was trading for about 17, 18. 15. Oh, Ooh. that's painful. Oh. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's okay. I just have uh, several thousand dollars invested. It's no problem. <laughs> good anyway. thing it's only money. Right. It's only money. Mm-hmm. Also, there's no there's no um, way to uh, measure pain. Is there? We don't have a. Do we have a, a measurement system? That's a good question. Usually, it's been presented to me when I go to the doctor as right a as scale a one, of one, one to, to ten. ten. Yes. How would you rate is, your pain? How would you rate your pain? But that is totally subjective. How do you, how do you measure right. that? Come on. If 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 Elon's going to get into anything with Neuralink, I'd love to be able to see a bar. That has uh, like you can you can actually rate your pain like it'll actually look in your brain and show how much pain you're in at the moment so that they can keep it in like if you're at the hospital like an alarm can go off or like I don't know I'm I'm thinking of multiple ways to honestly I think that would be really helpful for me like, like my annoyance level if oh, I had dude. a meter that I could just graphically look at and go oh I better I better walk away from you because. <laughs> Yeah, you are pegging the scale, and I'm about like, to lose Nathan, my. Okay. How bad do you feel? Like, are you are you really sick? And I just show my phone. <laughs> like, oh, that's that's pretty bad. Wow. It would. I'm just saying it would settle a lot of arguments. Maybe just maybe between between. No, it would probably start more competitions with my pain tolerance is higher than yours. We maybe. could we could we could definitively prove that someone's pain tolerance was. Doesn't it stand to reason though that people would have a higher? I mean, that would actually oh, of course. be. Oh, I mean, that, that's the thing is, I mean, I've done stuff to myself where bones were hanging out of my body, and yet I did not feel a thing. It hurts me just to hear you tell that story. I've heard I you tell like, that story. I don't it, like the mental image of that. No, it, it was rough, and it, this was in college, and oh, and, yeah. and he walked right. Yes, he yeah, walked I, I, I to walked the doctor. To, to the to the quack shack. <laughs> yes, there we go. Yeah, we some people like, are just made of tougher stuff. You have a Lego at the top of the meter just to signal, because, you know, stepping on a Lego is like the most oh, pain that's, possible. Oh, of course. Right. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, I just think about the, there, I, I'm, I think it was in Wisconsin. I may be wrong on that, but I'm not sure one, of the, one of the first places they put in a breathalyzer on the wall at the bar to let people know if they were okay. To, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and human they, nature being what it is. They started competing to see who could blow the highest. That's phenomenal. Why would they do that? <laughs> I heard something very similar happening in England one time. Uh, it's uh, football games, but I don't know if I want to give the details on that story. Yes, it is similar, and I know what you're talking about. We're not okay, going to talk about there that. There we go. Yeah. It, let's, just, let's just say that. Don't look it up. Sometimes the things that we use to modify behavior end up making it worse. And that's one of the things about humans that I love. I'm just going to tell you. 
I love that about us. I love the fact that the blood alcohol meter in Wisconsin became a contest. <laughs> maybe maybe so it's a measure of not maybe not necessarily a measure of intelligence, although it could be. Um, but it's def a definitely a measure of uh, problem solving ability. Uh, that's a big rule in AI design: um, is be very very careful with what metrics you let the AI have access to in its training process and what metric by which you are positively incentivizing the AI. I'm See, th this is okay, but th this because is my fundamental problem with AI. Yes. I'm not worried about something passing the AI test. Oh, they already have. I'm worried about something tanking the test so that it mm -hmm. just looks like it's not passing the AI. There was a, I saw an AI that was training to, uh, what was it? That would be very human That's the of thing an AI to do. It, it all matters. The incentive is what matters. Right now, we don't have a good incentive to say, hey, this is what a human being is. Act like that. It won't become a human being until we positively incentivize that. But um, and also, you have to have lots and lots of training data. But I'm like, I've seen an AI that was trained in a game setting with a slope and a little player character and a ball. And the idea was to prevent the ball from touching the bottom of the slope because there's a little like platform underneath the slope so it was positively training the ai to get the ball up the slope because that would prevent the ball from being away from the platform as long as possible and what it did was it glitched the ball on top of its head so that it wouldn't touch the floor and once it figured out it could do that well all of a sudden it satisfied its primary incentive and it just sat there with a ball on its head hmm. that was not the way it was designed like but that's you'll the see law that. of unintended like you'll consequences. See, exactly. You'll see AIs that are trained to race cars, um, trying to get as many laps as possible in as little time as possible, and they'll just drive back and forth over the line. <laughs> that, see, that, that's human right there. That, that, I, I mean, I'm getting scared now because it sounds like they're doing what we would do. <laughs> okay. I promise this is relevant to the discussion. It's just... Uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Seriously. So... It's, it, your incentive is what leads you to make the decisions you make. Mm. So is, is that what free will is? Is it connected to that? Okay, so then, in theory, um, if I were a deity, okay. and I was responsible for the care uh, and maintenance of critters on planet Earth... Um, no offense, Lemma, but I want my money back. Okay. <laughs> Lemma, the, the, the demigod, okay, is, is making decisions about how to flourish this population of critters. And I am effectively telling them um, this is the way you need to live. I just lost my train of thought. Oh, no. What's going to happen to the critter population? <clears throat> They don't know what to do. They're all going to die out. What were we talking about a second ago? I had, yeah. I had a legit question. I drink too much Diet Coke. There we go. There we go. I'm saying this. <laughs> oh, no, no. Incentivizing. Yeah. So I can control the population if I just have access to what they want. If I can influence what my critters desire by either propaganda or perception or through critter prophets that I send to speak for me, if I can incentivize them, I can control their behavior. Is this assuming after basic needs are met? I think it's Maslow's triangle. No, kind of no. Food, clove, the shelter. We, we might even, 
we might even use basic needs as part of the incentive package. Like, do you know, like dopamine is a fascinating subject because dopamine isn't just a, it's, it isn't just a happy receptor. You get dopamine every time a task you want to complete goes successfully. You get so dopamine this podcast setup you... has never <laughs> resulted in any dopamine at all, Noah. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Maybe no, there's but, a little but, bit when it but finally. But the pain works. tolerance is quite high. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I don't know, man. But it's like, uh, but a dopamine is uh, responsible for just about all functions. So every time you you eat food because you're hungry, you get dopamine. Every time you go to bed when you're tired, you get dopamine. And that's the reason when people who take really hard drugs that play on your dopamine receptors won't eat for several days. Um, when they put mice through tests with methamphetamines, they'll literally just keep giving themselves meth until they die. Because they believe that if they don't take it, they will die. Because the dopamine is the chemical that keeps you from dying. Mm. That's the reason why if you have clinical depression, it's really hard to get out of bed in the morning, it's really hard to eat, it's really hard to do anything. Because you're not getting what you should be getting mentally from those same daily tasks. There literally is no incentive. There's no reason to do any of those things. Mm. So because of that, um, it makes sense to me. Uh, I think this is... Okay, now I'm going to start opening a can of worms. The reason you might as well. We're 42 minutes in. There we go. There a we go. can at this point? I mean, <laughs> yes. I'm we've already opened tub. the 55-gallon drum. Okay. <laughs> the metaverse. Worms everywhere. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg has oh, designed no. the metaverse, whatever it may be, because I don't believe he has a single program in mind for it. It's almost like it's a... Metaverse is almost like a generic like suite of ideas. He's selling timeshares. He's selling time. Yes, exactly. He's just this is vaporware that he's just selling to get investors excited. Okay. Um, but it's he likes the idea of being able to centralize all of your dopamine under his platform. If you can get all of your, your food, your social interactions, you, if you can tick every box to give you a happy and meaningful life under the metaverse umbrella then he can he can track it he can sell it that's one of the reasons why he signed a contract with hillsong church to exclusively perform services in the metaverse wait a minute stop yes what you can look that up it's it's real he signed a contract with hillsong church to perform church services in the metaverse did you know that? No, I've never heard this. But you haven't you can look it up no in fact zuckerberg made a big statement saying he believes religion is very important and he wants... Well, I'm glad that he believes religion's important, aren't you, Noah? Yeah, but he's the one creating his own religion. <laughs> exactly, there we go. I mean, well, maybe he's just playing into way, the way we're already made. Maybe he understands that human beings are immutable, and he's just figured out the formula. Ah, uh, perhaps. I know, I know his wife is a practicing Buddhist. I don't know how that plays in. I think it's really funny that all these Silicon, giant, uh, Silicon Valley giants, a lot of them are Buddhist, uh, but they make products that keep people from fulfilling the Buddhist... Uh, qualification of not caring about anything and achieving nirvana. Oh shoot! Like they, they make all these addictive products and all these things that make you want more and more, and they well, just let sit me in their you, own little houses. No one has ever devices. accused people in religion of not being hypocritical. Oh, right, exactly. Right. I just I just think it's funny. No, and it's funny. Like every every major figure in just about every religion is a huge hypocrite in some way that they usually directly violate whatever they're trying to achieve with their religion. I, I would go so far as to say that is just a human characteristic. It, it seems very human. Yep. Um, yep. But I, 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 it's just a funny quirk. So yeah, no, I, believe I guess we need to do some research on this metaverse thing because I did not know that. And I'm totally creeped out by Mark Zuckerberg anyway. I think he's a robot. He's I mean, a, he's he looks like guy. a robot. Does he not? 
His wife probably doesn't think so. Oh no, I'm I'm pretty sure that she she's probably a robot too. <laughs> We're gonna get sued. Are we? We we are going to get sued. We're gonna get sued. They don't sue people anymore. They just deplatform them. That's worse. <laughs> Nobody's listening anyway. That's, That's true. We've got what seven listeners. Well, you know, <clears throat> as it goes, we are so desperate for content that we are willing to kidnap people and bring them into some old church and record. Well, now you just ruined it. So you do? you seven people. I hope you're happy. We had, it was in a secret cave, and now it's, it's an old church. It could be a bunker made out of oh bricks. Oh, my gosh. I'm blindfolded. I don't know. be anything. We're going to have to edit all of this out. None of this is going <laughs> to I think just podcast. leave it in. It doesn't matter anyway. We're, we're going to get deplatformed. Are we anyway. going to do time at the same prison? Say, this I is the reason it. why I can't verify any of my claims, because my hands are tied behind my back. I'm blindfolded. <laughs> we I don't, don't have internet is. connection. See, there we go. All right. So what are we talking about? Noah's... So what I'm saying is... so. If, I'm trying to read his face right now. I don't think he's gotten past there is no color blue. I think, um, I'm just saying, I think that even with companies like uh, Meta and other systems that are trying to play off of our inherent incentive structures, they're not redesigning our incentive structures. They're simply exploiting them. Yes. Well, I, I would, with what's going on throughout the world, I mean, most people in the United States aren't aware of it, but I mean, other countries that are in lockdown and things like that, they're narrowing your choices. I mean, and I think that that's what, if, if someone like Zuckerberg were to come out and say exactly what you just basically summed mm-hmm. of what the metaverse yeah. is going to be, no one's going to buy that. I mean, it, it's Some effectively... Some people might. Well, Some it, people it, might it, be desperate enough. Sure. And it, it, it depends on how you pencil whip things and everything like that. I mean, Yeah, it's very unappealing. You know, if, take Germany in the 40s. If you would have told them that this is what it was going to be like in the 30s, whenever they started the election process, then they wouldn't have signed up for that. Oh, no. But when you narrow people's parameters into doing certain things, it's taking away their free will. But, I mean, you believe that you're acting of your own free will to make the best outcomes for what you see. What's horrible is you technically are working from your free will. It's just your variables have been so tightly constrained that exactly. it, it, doesn't, it either doesn't feel like it or it's exactly what they wanted. You're, you're playing into their hand, even if you are technically responsible for your own decisions. Hmm. So my divinity, my lemma as demigod um, oh. analogy comes, rears its ugly head again. What, what about Henry Ford and his whole, you know, do they make Model Ts in any other color? You can have it in any other color as long as you want it in black. That's right. You can have it in any color you want as long as it's black. Why were there no underground? Like, people used to do these computer cases back when they were all beige. Why didn't anyone paint their Model Ts? I painted my computer case. Did you paint yours? No. Like, no? no? I think I've, I may have seen a, a red did Model you, A at one point. But. Did you overclock? Mm, yes. Yeah? Okay. What made go. you do that? Because I needed more power. You wanted more power. No, Come on. needed no, if you Me. needed more power, you just went and bought another machine. Your screen is tearing because right? you move Dude, a window. I'm not Daddy Warbucks here. Okay. Did you get enough power from your overclock to make it war- to make it worth it? It seemed like it. Hmm. Okay. Until the machine overheated and then, you know. <laughs> yeah. I've been there a bunch of times. I've it fried a couple of motherboards. Yeah. No, I overclocked because I wanted it. 
because I wanted bragging rights. I was even okay with it, with posting, just taking a picture of it posting with multiple CPUs way overclocked. They couldn't run software, but it would post. And nowadays, kids don't even know what I'm talking about. I need to overclock my computer just to have Chrome and Spotify open at the same time with 16 gigabytes of RAM and an i7 processor because mm. they've decided to be, you know, oh, these computers are so fast, it's great. We can just uh, make everything inefficient on the entire, you know, just to yeah. make it easier well, for everything's us. Everything's bloatware. Just, just ramp up the hardware so that it be fine. we don't have to be efficient. I really want to run, like, a really old operating system on my computer just to see what it would do. But we're way off topic. Way, way, way. Moving back to the original subject. Okay, hang um, on one second. Yeah. <laughs> one. So I guess this is the uh, reiteration of my thesis statement um, in a closing paragraph sort of sense. Um, but people are fundamentally deterministic. However, we still have, um, we still can take responsibility for our own actions. We don't necessarily have to be non-deterministic in order to have a quote-unquote free will. You can predict everything about someone if you know everything about them. <laughs> However, that is not humanly possible. Therefore, by our perception, um, just like with the concept of random, people are unknowable and irrational. Okay. So, yeah. So. No, I think that's a pretty good synopsis. I mean, I, I the problem with human interaction is that we're going to make choices that are fundamentally detrimental to us. Yeah. Completely informed that these decisions are fundamentally detrimental to us, and we still choose that path. Right. Because Either because we, yeah. because we don't think it applies to us, like it applies to everybody else, but not sure. us. We're somehow special. Or we either don't believe that that outcome will happen because there was something wrong with the you know person that warned us or the doctors are all wrong or the government's all wrong or whatever or or what we still want it anyway still want it anyway we we believe that it would be for our best interest even if that we wouldn't say it was for our best interest if someone uh you know if if somebody wants to you know feel like they're a terrible person oh i'm just a horrible person i'm not going to eat today yeah, that's technically not in their best interest. And they'll even say, I don't think it's in my best interest. But they do believe it's in their best interest because they believe that it's, it's appropriate. Um, they believe yeah. that it's well, appropriate I, and it I will make that, them feel better emotionally. Well, and I think that the advertising gurus have played into that. I yeah. mean, you know, you, no one wants to buy something that, that's uh, old and unchanged. You want new and improved. Yeah. yeah. Or Who you, was that dude? The beautiful mind dude? Wasn't it Nash? Yeah, time? I think it was Nash. Okay, and didn't he come up with an ec economic theory uh, to optimize outcomes? Everybody is serving their own interests, and we're all shooting for the top dog. Everybody wants to be king of the hill, right? Is this right? Yeah. And so he had this analogy of a bunch of friends going to a bar, and they're all attracted to the prettiest girl. And if everybody is aiming for the prettiest girl, at the best, only one of them's going to take her home. But, but... If everybody there decided to lower their standards and go with the second best or third best girl, that their chances of going home with somebody were increased. Not that I'm recommending people go out and try to find. It sounds like you're working for the Biden administration telling me that I need to lower my expectations. Okay. Well, that might be why they're saying that. 
Because they're trying to maximize outcomes. No, it's because they've driven the country into the ditch. Well, that's true. That's true. I'm not disputing that at all. Um, but but what I'm saying is, and, and I'm probably not even re- recollecting, recollecting or recalling. I'm not remembering this right. word. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I'm not recommending that people go to bars and take people home. That's not how I live, and not how I would recommend other people live. But I'm just saying. If I'm the designated driver. If I'm the designated driver, I will be taking people home. Okay. But that. <laughs> okay. But what I'm subject. That's great. I'm happy to hear that. But but what I'm what I'm trying to say is Noah laughs himself into hysteria over there. Um, is that there was an economic theory that, that basically tried to factor in human nature and allow for it in such a way that we could bypass our natural tendency to all aim at the same target and most of us lose. Well, I think that, I mean, some people are really realistic about that. I mean, it, it's, I understand exactly what you just said, and it reminds me of um, the drink company Snapple. Oh, who, yeah. who their motto was, we want to be number three or right. whatever, because they knew they were not going to overtake Coke or Pepsi. Mm-hmm. They just wanted to be number yeah. three. They're number one at being number three. And that's a little, it's a weird concept to think about. Yeah. But you, there is a deep satisfaction in setting out for a particular goal and achieving it, even if it's lower than number one. Right. If you're content being number three and you want to be number three and you get there, that's a significantly better feeling then, you know, it's, it's much more likely to get there than it is to be actually number one. They were either unable or unwilling to do what it took to unseat one and two. They were behemoths. Oh, no question. Snapple honestly was doing great to be number three. Think of all the people yeah. that they had to supersede. They own Dr. Pepper now. See so, there? Yeah. They are number three. They're very, very happy with their number three position. <laughs> they better They better be. Yeah. So well, in, in a situation like that, though, I mean, you, the only way that you're going to uh, move to one or two is if they do something colossally stupid. Right. Which they both kind of have. How? Did they go woke? Did they Are go you kidding? Broke? Coca-Cola went woke? Oh, yeah, well, of course absolutely. they did. Yeah. How are you surprised? I guess I don't, I don't know. Soda companies own the world. I don't get out much. Oh, okay. So, you, so, so heaven forbid the company that wants everyone to be fat and happy and buy their products every day uh, appeals to the investors? Listen, I have put lots of money in Coca-Cola's wallet. I have a hardcore Diet Coke addiction. I put money in their wallet today. <laughs> You're welcome, Coca-Cola. Yeah. All I, right. I, I took a break from Dr. Pepper for like two weeks, and I think I dropped like five pounds. Really? Yeah. It's Dr. great. Dr. Pepper's good. I love me some Dr. Pepper. Noah, have we have we satisfied your curiosity about you middle you We could talk about metaverse sometime in the future if you want to. Have we satisfied your curiosity about the immutability of human beings? I wouldn't say that before we started I had a curiosity, <laughs> but I do believe that we're going to need to revisit this at some point in the future. How come? Because I think that I think that the the conversation was very good. I enjoyed every part of the conversation, but I think as you walk away from a conversation, you think of things that you should have said. Uh-huh. Uh, the thoughts that, well, what about this? What about this or anything? And so I'm not saying if we recorded this tomorrow, we would have a different concept, but you know, five to six months from now, okay. if we revisited this. 
So five or six months from now, we'll come back to this silo. Well, perhaps I, I don't. I mean, I don't know because our goal now hmm. is to do one of these per month. Oh. If we can achieve that, <laughs> they're probably going to keep me in the basement, so I'll be here. I guess I don't know. Actually, uh, the plan you was give me some taco bueno. In the meantime, I'll probably come up with another great idea. <laughs> it was the taco bueno. Oh, I know it was. <laughs> What did they put in that burrito? Okay, so it was 50% bean and 50% beef. And while it would have been a perfectly good bean or beef burrito if those ingredients had been separate from each other, those components put together created a combo burrito, which is a fundamentally unique concept. So just because it was very complex doesn't mean that... It was good? Yeah. Okay, sorry. I was trying to be philosophical with my burrito. It was a... Beefino? It was called a combo burrito. Yeah. Okay. Combo is short for combination. Indeed. Which is spelled totally differently. Combination. Com. Not combination. I think there are other words that are we like are that. We are a combination. <laughs> All right. So, Noah, do you have any other thoughts? I mean, do you have anything else you want to share? Does no? anybody know what the heck I just said? <laughs> I don't know what I just said, dude. I don't I don't speak so, English. <laughs> this this podcast was was in Spanish, right? See. Si. <laughs> All right, everybody. I don't know. I I don't know if I should apologize or not for what had what's just happened. But no alcoholic beverages were harmed in the making of this <laughs> podcast or consumed. We didn't consume any either. But well, let's you know, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Ethan, for your contribution to our discussion. And we're going to, once we've edited out all of the terrible things that welcome. <laughs> I've said or Noah has said. We're going to be down to 10 seconds. We'll be down to there 10 seconds. And that will be episode number eight. And um, we will definitely bring you back into the, uh, the bunker for another episode when we've decided what we should have asked. That sounds great. <laughs> Correct. Speaking of next episode, what should that be? I think we've had a couple um we've had a couple suggestions from our from our vast audience. Mm. Here here's something I just want to update real quick just cuz it caught it, we we have a distribution system and that distribution system tracks our audience. And so for just a second or two I want to address our audience. Noah and I from the bottom of our heart want to extend a huge amount of gratitude to like 117 countries where we've got people that are listening to Marismus all over the world, literally all over the world. And, and I wish that I could speak in your language, your negative, negative tongue. I wish I could speak in your native tongue and thank you for listening. Um, I also wish you could understand me when I say, please send us email and let us know the kind of stuff you want us to be talking about. Cause we're not scared. I mean, we're crazy, but we're not scared. At any rate, I just wanted to say, we've got, we've got an audience. Now, it's not huge, but that's actually kind of cool in itself. All right? You are part of our family. The you were here from the family. beginning. That's right. You've been here from the beginning, and you are a diverse group. We speak different languages. We think different thoughts. But um, as we've learned today, we might be immutable. So hmm. anyway. So episode nine is... That, 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 yeah, you guys you. have been talking a lot about pyramids, but you don't talk about cubes very often. We don't, but that's not, that's not what people have been telling us they want to hear. Okay. What we have been asked for 
is an episode And we on, have teased it. And we have teased it is an episode on climate change. Oh, no. no. This will happen. This is going to happen, and it probably won't be one. We've, no. we've, we have so much that we could talk about that Noah said, I could, I could press record and leave the room, and I wouldn't have to say anything. He could go on for hours by himself. I believe that the next this episode and then probably the next two are going to be should be subtitled "How to Get Deplatformed." Oh gosh! Okay, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. We like to talk about the weather with strangers, but we make it spicy. Yeah, well, and if depending on where you live, the weather is spicy. So, episode nine, climate, climate change. change. Episode one. Okay. Episode one. Yeah. Well, episode, episode nine point one. Nine point zero. Episode nine a. Part one. Climate change. Genesis. Okay. The beginnings. <laughs> That's Thank y'all for listening. Be blessed. Thank Noah you. at marismos.live. Lemma at marismos.live. Marismos.live. Ethan. Oh. Oh, okay. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>